guys welcome to the winner's circle the podcast where leaders are made and also on this podcast we uncover the secrets to success by learning from top entrepreneurs founders and leaders so get ready today to dive deep into the minds of industry greats so as we explore their journey their strategies and invaluable lessons they've learned along the way so whether you're an aspiring leader an established entrepreneur or simply seeking inspirational tough this podcast is your ticket so join us today as we embark on this journey of growth and transformation so on today's episode of winner's circle i have the great ones here, you know, the the young minds behind Africa Solar's energy success. So when you talk about innovation, innovation is not just all about thought. It's about people who stand up and ignite the innovation. It's not just about sitting down talking about innovations, about taking the step. So these young minds, they took that step to greatness. So today I have with me Chinelo Hadi and Benedict Owanga, the co-founders of Owanga. Hi guys. Good to have you on the show today. Hi, thank you so much for having us. All right, you are. <laughs> All right, thank you. So, looking at Wanga, what brought this um the idea of setting up a solar um or renewable energy or how would you want it want me to to state that word? Yeah, renewable energy is the correct word. And I guess the one of the biggest inspiration for really starting this company was because I experienced um, lack of power. So to give you a little background, I'm currently also in my last year of law school. And last um, last year, when I was in my second year, I had an externship at a place called Pause Between Home. And it was during my training that I lost power. And I consider myself quite a computer savvy type of person, but I really didn't understand what my job required and what to do on the job. And I lost power for two hours, keep in mind. And it took me at least two weeks just to understand what I was doing on my job. And then just that humbling experience really got me thinking, like, if I lose power for two hours, what about people that have never had power? What about people that lose power for months, you know? And then I reached out to Chinello. I told her about my situation. And then she's like, yeah, that's a very good question. Let's start reaching out to some of our family members in Nigeria and Congo. And then we found out that the solutions that people are using to obtain power when they don't have power is just, it's not safe and it's very 
dangerous and also expensive. Yeah. Well, that's that's a very very valid point. So I was also going to ask you. You know, you you introduce yourself. You said um you are you are into law. So what made you even think about setting up something that has to do with um energy because of the technical part of it? Yeah, for sure. I guess what really drove me to do the solution was just the fact that there needs to be a solution for our people. By our people, I mean the African people. Um, you look at around, you look at countries like America and countries like Canada, you know, we have an abundance of electricity and we have so much electricity that sometimes we don't really sit down and be grateful for it. You know, we're just on the move, on the move, on the move. But we need to bring renewable solutions to the continent, you know, and I don't have the technical experience. I'll admit that I am mm-hmm. not the engineer on the team building the battery pack. We have a great engineer in Nigeria and he's responsible for that. But one thing I am really great at is just bringing solutions and bringing ideas into the mix. You know, I'm really good at turning ideas into reality and having an amazing co-founder like Chinello and Magnus, our other co-founder as well is really beneficial oh that's that's so great so um now i'm gonna you know throw this question to chinelo you know what how does wanger differentiate itself from other renewable energy companies especially in africa yeah well that's a great question so really our our main driving force behind the company as benny mentioned is trying to create a solution by african minds for the african people and so there are quite a number of other solar companies on the continent that aren't actually focused on figuring out what the people in the market what they're looking for. Our main desire is to take our battery packs and replace traditional diesel generators because these generators, they are polluting air and they're also pretty expensive to maintain. Our battery packs, they're clean energy because they use solar energy and it was $2 a day. And so our main reason for designing our battery pack like this was based on questions that we asked local people living in, um, we started out in Kinshasa, Congo, and we would ask them what their energy were and the price point that would work for them. And that's how we came to this solution. Other solar companies on the continent sometimes don't really focus on actually figuring out the needs of the people. So that's how we are differentiating ourselves. So let's take a look at the policies. Let's just quickly, you know, because you talk about Africa. What are the policies, the government policies in Africa, especially in Congo? Yeah, that's, um... Yeah. Sorry, continue. Sorry about no, that. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, in terms of the government policies, um, the new Congolese government has been very supportive in terms of entrepreneurship for young um 
young Congolese people. And that's one thing that I really support about the current government is that they've been very intentional about pushing the industrialization and just pushing entrepreneurs in the Congolese um, culture. Because if you look at entrepreneurship on the African continent, we all know where most of the entrepreneurs come from. Mm -hmm. And Nigeria, you know, (laughs) most of the entrepreneurs... Most of the entrepreneurs come Mm -hmm. from Nigeria and that in itself is really amazing, but it's also really great because a lot of government officials, a lot of presidents have really looked around and be like, what is the Nigerian government doing that we need to do to fuel these types of entrepreneurship? So the, the Congolese government has numerous policies where they're giving out funding to young entrepreneurs, where they're giving out land incentives for anybody that really wants to go into the industrialization you know Hmm. and that's really good for people like chinello and i because it really shows us that we have the backing of the government in what we are trying to build and a couple years ago whether it was 10 or five years ago things like this wouldn't really be possible you know so it shows you that we're on the right path we are on the right path as a continent Hmm. and as a country Man, that's great. I never knew that the the government in Congo have that kind of incentive for, you know, businesses like that. So, but yeah. if you look at this part now, so, but are there any other policies that is stated by the government that would hinder uh, business, especially when it comes to a solar or renewable energy um, startup? Is there any other policies that you know of that you know that this is actually hindering us? You know, yes, we have a policy that is helping us, but there are some other policies that probably could actually be dragging us down. And you will appreciate if the government can actually look into it. Maybe, maybe let's say import importation, or you know, I'm just thinking: is there any other policies like that? Yeah, I guess one policy in my head that I could say is kind of dragging us down is just the high um, expenses when it comes to getting um, equipment from. <laughs> customs to into our hands what Mm. i mean by this is that there are a huge amount of fees that you have to pay and we are developing battery packs you know Mm. and obviously some of our materials are highly flammable they're lithium and just getting those things out of customs is a huge fee you know if i was to speak to the government and ask for just one help with the magic wand i would talk about just um when it comes to high flammable materials like lithium and so forth and getting it out of customs, I would just ask for a tax break. You know, if it's a Congolese company that's developing on in the country, just give us a tax break to allow us to receive the materials out of, um, out of customs. In, um, for foreigners like Americans and, you know, I know there are some tax breaks for them like that, which is, you know, a good thing. Um, but I'm hoping probably the, the government would act, um, take a look at that, that. Okay, if you are giving foreigners um, tax breaks, we can actually um, offer that to people from Africa too. If I was going to ask um, um, both of you, so what are the, let's just say, the biggest lessons you've learned as young entrepreneurs? You know, not even talking about the solar, the the... Uh, renewable energy industry right now i'm talking about as young entrepreneurs what are the biggest lessons you've learned so far one advice i'd really give to young entrepreneurs is that you don't have to do this alone 
um, really rely on your network and just reach out to people. And you never know who knows who, but you never know who can help you and how far that help can go. And if anybody says that, oh, I don't have a lot of people in my network, it's easy. You know, get LinkedIn and just start reaching out to people. You know, people on LinkedIn are probably some of the friendliest people I've ever met. And they are always down to help, you know, but that doesn't mean start reaching out to like the CEO of UNICEF or the CEO of UN. You know, you need to be realistic with the type of people you want in your network. But not only that, when you reach out to people, make sure that it's a conversation that you want to have and that the, the advice or whatever you guys are going to talk about is going to be beneficial to you. You know, there's no point in just reaching out to somebody to build your network when that 20 minute conversation is not something that is beneficial to you or your company or your time, you know? All right. All right. That's, 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 that's great. I love the way you took, you took it, you know? So I, I noticed, so have you encountered any skepticism or even resistance from probably individuals or even, let's just say, communities regarding the adoption of renewable energy solutions, especially in Africa? You know, the view of Africa is quite different. So have you ever encountered any skepticism or resistance along the way? Um, in terms of skepticism, we haven't really encountered that um, in on the continent, whether it's Congo or in Nigeria, but we have encountered a lot of skepticism in America. You know, mm. people hear about what we're building and the first thing they say is, wow, $2 a day. How are you ever going to make money? You know, like, <laughs> why are you doing this? Why, you know, there's just so much skepticism about what we are trying to build and the solution we are trying to solve. But at the end of the day, of course, all those skepticism really used to get to Chinelo and I until we really realized and we had a conversation together as co-founders, all of us in one room. We were like, we are not building this solution for the American people. We are not building this solution for Europeans. We are building this solution for our people. And that's the people of Africa. And those are the only people that when it comes to criticism, will listen to you know but when it comes to criticism from this side it's it's not really something that is beneficial for us you know because our solution is african made for africans in africa true and that's how we want to keep it so yeah yeah i, I love that i love that energy <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about um environmental waste so how do you undo issues related to waste disposal and recycling of your of the solar energy component. Yes. So when it comes to waste disposal, we have been using actually a lot of recycled goods. And so we have been using batteries that um, have been recycled from old laptops that can still be used. And so we've been using that in our battery packs, as well as the fact that the casing for our battery packs are actually used with recycled plastics. And so we've created like this cyclical, um, yeah, just this cyclical process where the waste materials from other things are what we're using to build our battery packs. 
that's that's good saving the energy um saving the environment also so um so let's talk about africa again so can you discuss any involvement of wanga you know probably your involvement in you know pushing for policy advocacy and lobbying for renewable energy growth in africa because you said that the only place you get that issue was in the u.s so is there any way you're pushing for sustainable and renewable energy um usage in in africa like you want more people to more people to be a bit aware of um the yeah for renewable sure. energy one solar way we're really just going that. about okay. pushing the education yeah. is this through our own company um we have we're we have a team on the ground and they are just going you know door to door business owner to business owner telling them and showing them the benefits of renewable energy and that's just one way we're really going about just educating and encouraging people to make that switch from the dirty diesel generators to just a cleaner and sleek solution with our battery pack but not only that um this jay you you're actually about to be the first person to hear this right now but internally chinello and i and our team have been working on a little you could say a cartoon to just for for younger for younger kids right because one thing we really wow. notice is that yes our solution is great. It's great for adults. It's great for people that have the purchase power. But what about young kids? You know, what about educating them about renewable energy and so forth? So yeah, um, we're working on a cartoon and that's just going to be used to teach kids about renewable energy. But not only that, and the point of the cartoon as well is to maybe in December, so during the Christmas time, to have um gift drives you know christmas drives for the young kids and just to get them out and about and just you know um kids are the future you know what i'm trying to say and kids are the future and the african continent is yeah. the youngest true, continent is going to be one of the youngest continent by 2030 you know so just educating kids about this is one way to go about it yeah yeah Man, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. I, I love what you guys are doing, you know, and the fact that you already put that into consideration. And thank God, I you know, <laughs> I'm hearing that first and my listeners are hearing that first. <laughs> so they're going to watch out for that. So I was going to ask another question, you know. Um, I just thought of this. What, um, can you just give um, the listeners or, you know, provide a little bit of insight into Wanga's business model and your yeah, revenue so I generation can, I can talk about that. So when it comes to our business model, we make revenue in two streams, right? So there's the okay. $2 a day model where users can just come to our location and they can pick up our battery pack for 24 hours, take it home and use it. And then after 24 hours, they can drop it off and go about the day or they can drop it off and just get a new one for an additional $2 a day. And I also want to just add a little, you could say, disclaimer, and that a lot of people always ask us what happens if somebody steals the battery pack or just doesn't return it. Um, our battery packs is actually equipped with um, GPS and a Wi-Fi and a kill switch. So we know where our battery packs are. And if it does leave a radius that we are not familiar with, we just kill it automatically, you know. And then the second stream of um, revenue is wow. just selling it outright. 
So currently we sell our battery pack for $350. And one thing we've realized is that most of the people that have placed orders without battery packs are just solar distributors. So they already have solar panels, but they don't have battery packs. So they buy our battery pack and then just package it into one for their customers as well. So yeah. Now that's a that's a great innovation. So and just something I just thought of that there's issues with transportation in Africa and people need to move from one place to another. Uh, so are there any plans, you know, or strategies in place for your organization to tap into the growing market for solar powered transportation in Africa? Uh, yes. So we are actually looking to get into the EV space. So, um, Wow. We are currently looking at, you know, the modes of transportation that are used um, in Congo as well as in other countries. And we're looking to convert um, the motors used there with clean batteries so that then it can be electric and, um, you know, run in a clean way. And one thing that we've really been taking note of is the fact that we need to make sure that we're taking the modes of transportation that are currently used that work on the roads, you know, in African countries and transform those modes of transportation versus looking at, you know, EV transportation like in the U.S. or in European yeah. countries because, you know, the roads, the infrastructure, it's different on the continent. So we're really, really focused on creating um, these EV solutions for transportation in a way that doesn't change the way that the African consumer lives their life, but just makes it better. It improves it. That's that's good. You know, one thing that thrills me more is the, the fact that you've been thinking about, you know, the EV, because I think Africa needs that part, because we're getting to a point where, you know, inflation, rising inflation costs. And... So now let's just move a little bit and talk about um, um, the future of energy in Africa. So, uh, it's, just a, it's just a question that I'm just, I'm going to ask you both, like, what do you see when you look at the future of energy in Africa? Um, for me personally, I definitely see us moving more towards clean energy. I think that around the world, you know, a lot of countries are realizing that that's what needs to be done. Um, but I think that the African continent could definitely be one of the first major areas that it's done because we have so much natural resources we get so much light or sunlight throughout the year and stuff like that um we'd be able to set up wind turbines and so i really see us as a continent if we're able to work together i really see us being able to be like the trendsetters when it comes to clean energy yeah i definitely i definitely agree with that especially you, when you look at the way the world is going um some people kind of say that we are in a, a fourth industrial wave and that is the clean energy wave and that's really great but it's even better for the continent of africa because you look at our continent um you know it's it, 
we can talk about all the positives, but there are some negatives in the sense that it's an underdeveloped continent and there's just so much potential. And our company coming into the mix, but just other solar energy, clean tech companies coming into the mix can really help accelerate the development of Africa to move towards clean energy. Because to some extent, there's still an underdevelopment which makes it even better for the population to immediately move to clean energy. You know, a good example of this could be cell phones. Um, when European countries, American countries, and some South American countries had landlines and telephones and then officially wireless phones, Africa didn't really have that. We are one of the, we're the only continent that just jumped into immediately wireless cell phones, you know? And I see us doing the same thing with clean and renewable energy. We just we currently don't have a lot of power in most countries, but we're immediately just going to switch to that clean energy. And it's going to be amazing. Wow, that's cool. So now, um, just to add to what you, you know, just said, which was just straight up, that um, the future of um, renewable energy in Africa is bright. Yes. And yes, Wanga is definitely going to lead the pack. Absolutely. Of course, of course. I'm sure I trust that part. Yeah. So now let's talk about the a little bit of technology of um the Wanga um product. So what are some unique what are some of the unique features or technology innovations that Wanga incorporates into it's um system. Yeah, for sure. So like to give a quick into overview, your product. In case people don't know what a battery pack is, you can just view it as a generator, but now instead of using oil and gas, our solution uses solar to I mean uses solar panels to charge up. And one amazing feature about our product is that it has the ability to track how much energy consumption a customer is using. And that is very important for us. So let me give you an example, Jay. So let's say, Jay, wow. you are in Congo, Kinshasa, and you're one of our customers. And a lot of people in your community keep using an Nwanga battery pack. Uh, battery packs are actually called the Chisan. So customers keep using the Chisan. We are getting how much energy consumption is being used in that community. And then we are putting all that data and we are studying it. And then our goal is to move your community from the Chisan to a mini grid, you know? So in that way, we've kind of, we've saved a lot of money instead wow. of going door to door, just seeing how much energy consumption people are using and so forth. We already have that data. We have proof backing up why the mini grid needs to be this size and not that size, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's... That's, I would say that's very, very interesting to know because that means you, it's not just a regular solar um, batteries. It's more like it has a technology. So, but if I'm going to ask, what kind of research and development goes into creating um, your product? Or maybe I should say it like, what, like, do, do you have like a research team that, you know, goes through all the the technological part? Yeah, so currently our main research is done by Magnus, who's our engineer, as we've mentioned, over in Nigeria, since he has the technical background. 
Um, and mm. then we also have a few um, advisors that we speak to that also have a technical background about specific things that we're coming across. So we went to our advisors when we were trying to decide um, how the kill switch should be implemented into our battery packs and things like that. So since Benny and I don't have, you know, the technical knowledge, we do um, rely on others on our team, but they're really strong individuals. So they definitely know what they're talking about. So you are the right team. So now, talking of team, how were you able to set up the right team? Your advice to somebody who's trying to set up an organization and they want to set up the right team, what, what are the things you look out for when you're setting up a team? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question because having a strong team is pretty essential to the success of a company. Um, I would look out for other individuals that have qualities that you think are important, but that you might not personally possess. So for instance, partnership with Benny. You know, we were friends before we then jumped in as co-founders for this company. And while we were friends, I really realized that, you know, he's really outgoing. He can talk to anyone, super friendly. And I like to converse with a lot of people, you know, but sometimes I can be on the shyer side. And so when it comes to us collaborating, it really works out because he can be more of the vocal person and I can do a lot of the organizational company things because I really like to respond to emails and I like to set up meetings and things like that. So really be on the lookout for someone that has qualities that you definitely know will be necessary for building your company, but that you might not personally possess. Oh, that's great. So it's more about complementing each other. Definitely. So your strength mm-hmm. and your weakness. Oh, that, that's good. So now let's talk about partnership. So what kind of support and partnership do you currently seek? Or you currently have with other organizations in the, re- yeah, in the renewable so In terms of sector. partnership, we currently don't have any concrete partners just yet. And to answer your question about what type of partners we're looking for, we're looking for, I guess, anybody that really wants to let us allow them to use our solution. What I mean by this, it could be NGOs, school, clinics, you know, because our battery packs can serve a multitude of people, but also a multitude of sectors. And like I said, we don't have any concrete partnerships just yet, but we are working with the midwife um, clinic in uh, Uganda. So one of the biggest problems that most midwives have on the continent is just that they lose electricity. And when they lose electricity, sometimes it makes it hard for them to, for example, help mothers during the birthing process or finding veins and things like that. So we've developed a, um, a sample solution where it's going to be a headlamp that midwives can wear during the birthing process when they lose power. This headlamp can be used for at least a week on full charge 
and it allows them to get power when they lose power during the birthing process but not only that this makes it really easier for them to do their jobs but not only that this also helps them allow to move the um you could say the team into more rural communities because a lot of midwives want to really go into rural communities but the lack of power is one thing that really stops them from doing the work they want to do in those communities oh that's Oh, 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 do you want to no, say something? I, th I thought Chinelo was trying to say oh, something. Oh, no, just that no? I do agree with Benny wholeheartedly. Oh, okay, all right. So I agree too. You know, that was that's good. So now let's come back to both of you. So you talked about, you know, Chinelo, when she was talking, she talked about, you know, people talking about, like, oh, you guys are young and this and that, and you're not ready to get started, you know or the you know the criticism or the people being skeptical right now you're doing a lot you know um with your startup which is a big which is a big deal so what advice would you give to all the young individuals who are listening to this um podcast who have interest or who are interested in starting their own renewable energy uh, business or any business at all what advice do you have for them i i want to trade for two of you um yeah well one main piece of advice i would give is to just go for it i feel like sometimes a lot of us you know we have these ideas and we think they're great ideas and we run them by other people um but we don't actually take the initiative to go ahead and start and you know that's how you actually get to the point of where Benny and I are with, you know, being able to be on this podcast with you, Jay, um, because, you know, we actually took the step to go ahead and say, hey, even though we're young, even yeah. though we're currently in law school and this isn't the route that a lot of people think we would be taking, let's go ahead and try it. Um, and then, you know, we obviously put in the effort to keep going. So I, I'd really say just actually starting, it might sound simple, but it's, it's really not just to go ahead and, and just try to start your idea. Yeah. And for me, yeah, one advice nice. I'll give, I guess, so, young entrepreneurs yeah. is just make sure that the team you're working with is the right team. What I mean by this is that Anyone can start a startup and anyone can join a startup. You know, when you start a startup, everyone's like, yay, great, the highs, you know, like we just started something new, we're creating something new. But how many of those people are actually dedicated in what you're building? How many of those people believe in what you're building? And how many of those people are passionate in what you're building? You know, um, I see co-founder relationship as, you could say as a marriage, you know, marriages it's you could say to some extent it's a lifetime contract you know we could disagree or argue about that but it startup relations startup co-founder relationships are pretty much like marriages you know you're gonna have ups and downs and you really gotta ask yourself is is the person that's on the team someone that i want to go through the downs with or is there somebody else that i can go through the downs with you know that's that's i, lo I love that part so I have like three more questions for you before we go to the winner circle mode. So um, I was going to hacks because I was just thinking about it all through, you know, 
looking at Africa itself. So how do you ensure the proper maintenance and upkeep of Owanga's solar energy systems in the remote areas? Yeah, so we have, like we've mentioned, a team that's on the ground um, and we help them get the transportation that they need in order to go out to the different areas that we're currently doing business in. They have a number that they can call on WhatsApp to let us know, you know, hey, this is the problem that I'm facing. And then we have our technicians that can go out and um, deal with any of the problems and also even, you know, give guidance on, okay, this is how you can prevent this in the future. All right. So um, sec- the, let me just say the second to the last question I want to ask is, are there any plans to expand Owanga's product, I mean, product portfolio, beyond solar energy solutions in the future? No, there are, just there are definitely a lot of plans in the Jay. You know, um, as an entrepreneur you, yourself, you know, you always have to plan things. And yeah, for sure, energy is one field that we really love and it's mm. a field that we are currently in. But we also see ourselves heading into the fintech space because one thing we realize is that most of our customers that come into to rent the battery pack are all using cash and the community around them is using cash. And internally, we were like, great, how can we move the community from cash to just putting them on a fintech solution? So one idea we came up with is that we're going to give people prepaid cards. So these cards, so for example, let's say, Jay, you a customer, you come to our store, you give us $10. We'll give you a card that has the $10 already. And then you can just come to our store and you can just, instead of paying cash all the time, you can always just top up with that card. But not only that, we plan on partnering up with local businesses around the area and telling them to allow customers that have our card to let them make purchases in those stores. And one way we're really going to go about incentivizing and just encouraging people to use the cards is that we are going to eat the loss on a lot of discounts in, in those products. So we're going to offer them discounts with bread, rice, milk, you know, essential things that we eat. And that is really going to push people wow. to move towards a card solution, you know, because they're mm-hmm. going to be like, wow, I, I get to save money if I use this fintech solution. You know what I'm trying to say? And that is really going to be solving the problem of uh, cashless and bankless people that we have on the continent. So, yeah. That's good. That's great. I love I love that innovation. I love them. I never thought about that. So uh, I mean the the part that you you incentivize the 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 locals with you know some you know essential you know like rice and all that, which is which is a good view. So the last question I was gonna ask about you know the Wanga part is how do you engage with local communities? and also educate them about the benefit of solar energy. Or are you currently doing it? Then how do you do it? Or how did you do it? Yeah, so we definitely are um, focused on educating people on you know, the impact of solar energy and what it can have. Right now, our education is more so um, limited, I guess, to 
when people come to our stand to get the battery pack from us, to get the chi sun from us. But um, in the future, we're really hoping to widen our education um, by using the um, the cartoons that Benny mentioned a bit earlier that we were talking about. We really want to have education focused around children so that, you know, even from a young age and as they grow up, they know how powerful clean energy can be. And then as they grow up, that's going to be the type of energy that they're seeking out. So we are working on um, extending our education around solar energy and clean energy in general. That's that's nice. That's great. Um, now we're moving to the the main part, which is the winner circle part, which is the unveiling part, which is the part when we have our guest introduce himself. Sometimes we do it from the beginning, sometimes we do it at the end. So when we talk about introduction, it's not about just the introduction. It's just because that's the last part before we end the show. So um, it's been a great um, episode and we've talked about everything we need to talk about. So I would just want you to, for a few minutes, I'm just going to try out the floor. You know, can you just... Both of you can actually, you know, talk after each other or talk together. Anyhow, you just want the best work for you. Talk to our listeners. Tell them how you got started as an entrepreneur, the failures, you know, the the successes, and your let's just say your vision as an individual now, not about Wanga now, just you as an individual. Um and what you hope to achieve as an entrepreneur and why they need to be an entrepreneur and why they need to follow that step and take that bold step and take that risk and not just sit down in the house and be hoping that someday yeah. it's going to be fine. Yeah, for sure. So I'm I just going to yield and let you guys about do your thing. My entrepreneurship. Um, this is not really my first ever um, company, but this is the first thing that I've ever released out to the public. You know, I've always considered myself an entrepreneur since a young age. Um, I grew up in South Africa and Congo. And in South Africa, one thing is that we didn't really have a lot of access to internet. So when it came to downloading movies and music, not a lot of my friends had that opportunity, but I was privileged enough to have internet. So one thing I would do is just download movies and then download music and then sell it at school in USBs. And then that's how I would make, you know, some extra money on the side for food or just some snacks. And that's how I've always had that entrepreneurship um wow i don't know what it's called you just have that entrepreneurship bug in you you know yeah and um yeah i can go now so i actually kind of had like the opposite experience um i never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur um there was definitely an expectation in my family um, of becoming a doctor or a lawyer, which, um, you know, I, I am in law school. Yeah. So that's the route I <laughs> yes, no, exactly. Doctor, yeah. lawyer, engineer. Um, <laughs> exactly. Mm, yeah. but, um, engineer, three. 
when I met Benny, you know, in law school and we got to know each other as friends. And then he came to me with this idea. Um, I don't like how I was talking about earlier. Um, my piece of advice to entrepreneurs would just be to, to go for it. That's kind of where I was at. I, I decided that I wanted to just go for it, even though I'd never seen myself as an entrepreneur. I wanted something different because I've always been looking for some way that I can, you know, help people. I really want to use my gifts to actually influence people. And I really think that being a part of this company that's really focused on bettering people's lives through our battery pack solution is, you know, the change that I've been looking to try to help create. And so that's kind of my journey, even though it's really different from Benny. Now we're here together. And um, yeah, I'm kind of speaking from the viewpoint of maybe some listeners that have an idea, but never really thought entrepreneurship was for them. Oh, wow. Oh, that's 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 so good. You know, like you had the the energy. You had somebody who pushed you. Like when I mean mm-hmm. push, like energy push you to become an entrepreneur, and uh, which is a good thing, you know, because and entrepreneurship is tough, you know. But you just have to, you just have to keep pushing. Just like um, you know, Ben said said he's been an entrepreneur like all his life. He's been a serial entrepreneur, which is a very good thing, you know. And um, taking that step is another thing. So, what are the last words? you guys um, have to say to my listeners, encouraging them to get started to be, so that they can become um, one thing I would part say of the is just, just do it, guys. Um, and no matter what a lot of people are going to say, like, oh, it's not going to work. Oh, this is, has already been done. Just do it and give it a try. And if you fail, at least you failed and you gave it a try. And if you succeed, you know, it's you succeeded, you know, but the way I see it when it comes to entrepreneurship is that there's no such thing as really failing in entrepreneurship. You've just learned how to do things better for the next time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Feel forward. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Know, <clears throat> and definitely words. to add on to what Benny just said, make sure that, you know, when you go for it, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right kind of people that believe in your vision and are going to constantly encourage you and push you to, um, you know, achieving that mission because entrepreneurship is really difficult and there are a lot of lows and you do get discouraged. But when you get to those lows, if there are people around you that you can reach out to, tell them, you know, what you're going through and they can at least offer um, you know, a shoulder to lean on, if not some advice on how to overcome those lows, then, you know, you'll be in a much better place to just keep going. So yeah, surround yourself with people that believe oh. in you. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for spending um, a long time with us. Thank you for the insight. And I wish you guys success with um, the Wonga project. And I hope to be able to have you guys on later in the future thank you so much for spending the time um so to my viewers uh, my listeners thank you so much thank you for joining the winner circle um i hope 
this podcast has expanded your mindset. It has sparked new ideas and provided you with actionable insight that you can use to apply to your own ventures. So remember, true leadership is a continuous journey of evolution. So you have to keep pushing boundaries. You have to embrace challenges and learn from those who already walk that same path. You know, just like um, um, Ben said, he said, even if you fail, you have to fail forward. You know, so stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to bring you incredible stories and practical wisdom from the best in the business. Until then, keep striving for greatness. And remember, you're already a winner. Have a nice day, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. All right, guys. Thank you so much. So, all right. uh... This is the same building of the Edward.